If you're just at the start of your beginning in your career, it's a time that's filled with stress and all kinds of like, I hope this works. Oh, days that are ups and downs, you get a couple clients, and then you don't get any for three weeks and then you're stressed again and it's a roller coaster. But it's good to remember this is Justine Dupont. She's a big wave surfer and it says, it's the best in the beginning when you know nothing, then it's all unknown. So it's kind of, like, you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. That's why it's scary. But then don't let that fear debilitate you. So I'm going to combine them and turn it around and conquer it head on. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I wanna share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Okay, I know this is something we've talked about before here, but this is a really great approach to SEO. Connor Wahlberg is here, and one of his main themes as he tries to make this accessible to photographers is to keep things simple. So if you're like, there's so much I don't want to go into it, then that's okay. He has a really great course and a really great set of tools for you to just really sharpen up your SEO presence, I guess would be the best way to say it. And in a simple way. So you're not having to do a lot of unnecessary stuff, which is something we talk about today is like what's necessary and what's unnecessary and where should you put your attention first when it comes to the big SEO thing. So you may want to have a listen if you're not getting the kind of traffic that you want. I have a really great deal for you. This is super limited time. So if you are stuck on your SEO journey and you want to just improve your SEO, but in a simplified way, then Connor Wahlberg has a great opportunity for you. And he has a special opportunity for folks coming directly from this show. So let me tell you a little bit about it. It's a simple SEO membership. So all things simple when it comes to SEO. That's sort of like the core approach here is that you don't want to have to figure out a bunch of complicated things when it comes to something like SEO. So with the membership, you'll just learn how to show up on Google for the right people and get more traffic headed to your site. You get instant access to the Simple SEO course, which is bite-sized video trainings to help you get your site fully optimized and ranking better, live monthly trainings and SEO Q&A calls. You get your questions answered, know what to do, and then when to do it and just do it. So it's very simple. This is step-by-step -step for you. It's $30 a month and you get a free 10-minute recorded site audit for all new members that come directly from Photo Business Help. All you have to do is let Connor know that you came from here and you'll get that free audit of your site so you'll know exactly where to start. So head on over to connorwalberg.com forward slash simple dash SEO dash membership. We also have it linked in the show notes, but just in case, connorwalberg.com slash simple dash SEO dash membership. Get started this new year on the right foot and learn a really simple system for boosting your SEO and your traffic.
things happen. I don't hit record and there's great lead up conversation to the interview or I turn off the recording button and then at the end, there's all these awesome things that people say as soon as they think that they're not being recorded anymore or, at the, or as soon as they know, not think. I'm not like sneaky, but there's like that weird like relaxation that that happens. But anyway, so you were just saying how your first podcast interview was like high pressure because it was like in person and lights and people watching and all that stuff. Yes, it was way too much all at once. And it was like right outside of my office in the middle of the co-working space. So I was like, oh, this will be nice and casual. And then I walk out and see this whole setup they have. And I was like, and I, they didn't prep me. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. I was just like, what is this? Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully this is a, a little bit more laid back in terms of not having a whole bunch of people watching you. We are Certainly feels that way since I'm standing in my own house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I have the Zoom outfit on. I've got a very comfortable pair of sweatpants on. So a different experience altogether. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. And so I've done this. This show has been going, gosh, four and a half years now. It's been a long time. And we've done a lot of SEO stuff sprinkled in over the years, but it never seems to get old, first of all, it's always important. And one of the things that I coach about in my coaching program is that blogging is not dead and that SEO is real. And I've been doing Jennings Photo for 14 years and I have like a little form that says, how did you find out about me? And I would say, I mean, it's definitely the majority. It kind of varies depending on the season actually, but for the most part, I'd say eight or nine out of 10 people find me on Google. So wow. I think that's a testament to SEO. And I also should say that I haven't been really diligently working on my SEO in the past year or two because of that, because I'm actually quite busy. But the amount of dedication I put in in those first like five, six, seven, eight years was pretty intense. And so there's a lot of stuff that I think is just still floating to the top and that has really been working for me. But even when I do something new, like post a family session, for example, like I go to Hawaii every now and then because I used to live there. So I have a number of family sessions that I've shot there. And I started blogging about them one year and it took about six months. But all of a sudden I started getting all these inquiries from Hawaii, which was really interesting. So I think just, yeah, having the patience to let it work is key. And I'm just rambling here, but I'd love to just hear a little bit about what you do to help photographers with the SEO stuff, since this can be kind of a complicated thing. And you say right on your website, like, this doesn't have to be. Yes, I'm a firm believer in that. And you said a lot of interesting things just now. And a few of the reasons why I think people avoid SEO, maybe, or they never follow up with it, is they go in and they learn some SEO stuff. They make the adjustments. Maybe they make a great piece of content and there's no instant gratification. It's not like running a Facebook ad where you like turn it on and then you see that you got a sale and you're like, cool, it's working. SEO is like you do all this work and then you're just kind of sitting there and then you're like, well, it's not working. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> and nine months later, a year later, something like that, all of a sudden you're getting all these inquiries from Google and you don't even really remember why. And maybe you see that it was your SEO and that's when you like go in for a second wave. You're super motivated. And then this is, this is what I see all the time. You kind of stop. I do this too. I'm like, so amped on SEO on my own business and I go in on it and then I'm like, well, I got to work on other things for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, the patience aspect is real. And I think we're so conditioned to 
post something and see how many likes it gets immediately. And then because the cycle of something like Instagram is so short, we're constantly having to post, but SEO is kind of the opposite of that, right? It is. And we all want our business to skyrocket right out of the gate. So I actually mentor an eighth grader at my kid's school for they do a business at their school every year. They each kid creates their own business and actually sells things. And I was just telling him this morning that like, you don't want it to skyrocket right out of the gate because you aren't equipped to handle the problems and the things that come up with business that goes too quick at the beginning to ramp into it. So like, as you're building up, like let it take time. It's going to take time to really get to where it's sustainable and it makes sense and you're able to manage it. But someone who's way down the line can handle big problems very easily and it doesn't keep them up at night. But someone at the start, even a minor problem can throw them off completely. Yeah, totally. That's a really good piece of advice and something really interesting to think about. I do a little, I used to do a mini workshop on starting an email list and just having like an opt-in and a welcome sequence and stuff like that. And I was very surprised by how many people don't have any of that infrastructure set up. And I, you know, I would say to people, so let's just imagine that your wildest dreams came true and you were on a stage where everyone in the audience was looking for what you do. Like everyone was like ready to buy a photo package or whatever it was. And there was, you know, 10,000 people there or something like you don't want that. Or you would, what would you do? Where would you send those people? Like, what are you going to do right now? And they're like, uh, (laughs) I don't know, because, you know, there's no system set up. And I think, I think that's good advice in terms of can be relatively soon after you start, but you really do have to get the foundation pieces figured out. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So back to what you were saying about my website and my approach, the whole idea is SEO can be simple. And I think there's this skew in the industry towards making it complicated. And I used to be servicing clients as an SEO. So I would work with clients one-on-one and it's very easy to just kind of write some text that's true and everything, but that's a little more complicated sounding than what it actually is. It's very easy to make it like, wow, I do this and this and this and make yourself seem even more valuable or more skilled or more technical than maybe you even are. And what's amazing is some of these people out there are, these SEOs are pulling reports from SEMrush. It's a popular SEO tool or age. They just type in the domain, run the report, and they send it to you as an audit. And they're like, these are the things that are wrong with your site. And this is a tool that like automated it. And it's not really identifying anything that specific or that important. But when you see it, you're like, oh, all these things are wrong. You can help me fix those, right? So. Right. And it might not be necessary or urgent, I guess, right? No, a lot of the things aren't necessary or urgent. There's, It's really easy to get in the weeds with SEO and like do a bunch of stuff that maybe has little to no impact. I talk in my group a lot about the technical side of SEO. And this is the thing that most people get into. They're like, I got to focus on the technical side. I need to get my page speed faster. My score on Google page speed is, is at a 65 and it's not at 100. How do I get it to 100? Once I'm at 100, I'll get more traffic. And it's like, no, that's probably going to have no impact on your site at all. Right. That's really a great point. Well, just full disclosure, I may have great SEO in terms of people finding me on Google, but I don't know what the heck's going on in the last few years as far as like best practices and stuff. Because as I said, I haven't I haven't done a lot with it. I probably should uh, have someone like you help me out. But I am getting what I need out of it, which is kind of to your point. So like I don't have a sophisticated 
in-depth approach to it. Back in the day, I was really diligent with certain things when I was blogging or alt tagging or whatever was big at the time 10 years ago. And it's worked. But I think, I guess I'm just trying to confirm that point that like, if you're listening to this and feeling like, oh my God, SEO is so overwhelming. I There's so many things. There actually aren't that many things that you need to do correctly to get the traffic that you want. Is that kind of on point? Yeah. I mean, when I break down SEO, I say there's like kind of like three channels you could focus on, but it's content, links, and technical. And the technical one to me is the very last one. You don't need to focus on that, but it's the one people go to. And like I was saying with Google PageSpeed score, people see that score and they're like, it's a metric, it's a measurement. And it's something that you can improve in five minutes if you do the right things. And then you look at it and you're like, I have an A+. It's like going back to school. The other stuff isn't nearly as measurable. Gaining links, you're like, yeah, I got a good link. What did it do for my site? I don't know yet. Maybe in a month it'll impact my ranks and they'll go better. They'll go higher. But it's focusing on things that actually matter to the people who visit your site is the angle that most SEOs kind of forget about. It's like, if it can actually help the people visiting your site, then Google probably thinks it's good too. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense, right? Can we talk a little bit about content then, since that's the first little pillar that you mentioned and just sort of what that means and what maybe if you have just a couple of basic tips that folks can keep in mind or focus on? Yeah. So I'd like to start that part off with just a little bit of a backstory here. Yeah, go ahead. I got into SEO because I was running a t-shirt company where I designed t-shirts. I also designed longboards and made custom pocket tees. And I started doing SEO without knowing I was doing SEO. And I didn't know what it was at all, but I had read this book and it was by Marcus Sheridan. It's called They Ask You Answer. And it's that's as simple as the whole book. Like a lot of business books, it's a very simple principle that you can learn in the first chapter and then it's reiterated. It was a great read. And I ended up building one article, very in-depth article about different types of longboards. And my site went from like zero to two visits a day to over 200 visits a day with one article. And it took a little time, but then it just started happening. And I was kind of blown away by these results. And I did nothing technical. I didn't do any link building. I didn't do any of the other stuff. I just made some good content, something that I knew my audience needed. It was like the people visiting my site, they don't understand different types of longboards. I didn't understand them. I'm like, how are there different types? Dance longboards? That's all genre. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started diving into it and I was like, well, I should make a guide about all of this. And then I kind of did a little like keyword research and I was like, it could actually work. And I built this guide. And I think initially I probably forgot about that effort for a few weeks because I was trying every single marketing method known to man. And next thing I knew I was getting traffic and it was like, Okay, so the content moved the needle there. So content is anything that's on your site, anything that you're building that's helpful to your audience. It's the text, it's the images you put up. It can be within the code for Google as well, like your title and meta description, but it's the stuff that people will actually see. Sure, yeah, the stuff they're looking for, which makes way too much sense. (laughs) Yes, and so a lot of photographers will go into SEO and their big focus will be just continuing to get their homepage dialed. And this stuff can help, but, and once you have that one keyword, so you want one keyword on every page that your page targets, 
and people get that wrong too because they'll change it and adjust it and they'll have six different things they want to target so which reminds me after this i want to talk about like niches and getting specific on your homepage. but a great place to start is to build a content guide on your site like if you're a wedding photographer build a guide for different venues in your area talking about the different venues with links to their pages that are helpful something as like simple and useful to your audience something that people would find and be like wow oh cool oh this would be a great wedding venue i like this one and then they're they realize they're on your photography site or something and next thing you know yeah and it's almost like I think what happens with a lot of photographers is at least the folks I've worked with over the years, myself included, is you finish a session and it's beautiful and you love it. And you're trying to figure out, you have these photos you want to share and you're trying to figure out what to say about that particular session. That's valid. Just to your point, if you're talking about a session that took place in a specific venue and you really want to get some cred around your familiarity with that venue, but Ultimately, the stuff that I think drives traffic and moves the needle is can just be complemented with any of your photos. So, you know, like you're saying, if you're doing a if a wedding photographer is doing a venue post, you know, talking about different venues in the area, you know, you, you don't have to include any particular one shoot. You can just sprinkle in photos that you love in your portfolio. And you're still showing your audience that you're a great photographer, but it doesn't have to be about this one shoot all the time. Not saying that it's not great to show a single collection because people, once they get more in depth, they want to see that. But I think just thinking about what are people looking for? What do they want to know? And then sprinkling in photos around that can work really well. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea here is that we're just creating helpful content. So, and it's content that is closely related to what we do. So it's intent-based. So there's something called search intent. When people are on Google, when you type in a search, if you type in like top wedding venues in Denver, then there's a good chance that you're looking for a wedding venue. So you might need a photographer, but in every industry, there's these kind of side things that people can do that you can write about, side topics that are well connected to what you're doing. And if you provide the best piece of content on this, then there's a good chance that you will outrank your competition. And so that's the other part of SEO is it's all a competition. We're all competing for those top spots for top keywords. So the way you want to approach it is when you identify your topic, whatever you want to write about, search it on Google. So see what's already there. What are people doing? And sometimes I go in and I think everybody's going to write a guide about this. And I look at it and it's a roundup of different blog posts that's ranking. And I'm like, so Google is saying that this is what people are actually looking for. And it's giving them that result because that's what they're clicking on. So what I need to create here is a roundup that's better than the other roundups. Better quality, more readable. It doesn't have to be longer. That's a misconception in SEO length. It's not about making things as long as possible and boring as possible. And that's been changing over the last few years because when I started maybe 10 years ago, you could really get away with just making something as long as possible and hitting as many keywords as possible and it would rank well. And now Google seems to be getting a little smarter about that. They're like, well, yeah, but people are going to this page and they're bouncing right away. They have no interest in this. It's too much. 
Totally. Well, I have a great example. And I apologize for those of you who have heard me share this before, because I think I've brought it up a couple of times. But many years ago, I would say nine-ish years ago, there was the wave of preset craze. And there was a company, they're still around called VSCO or Visco. And they came out with these really solid film-like presets. And so it was, everyone was using them. And it was such a fun way to make your digital images really have some character and and vibe. And so I first was finding myself making certain Google searches, like best presets for whatever I was searching at the time, because I wanted to find out how I could get my hands on these. And then the same thing happened, as you just said, is I noticed what was kind of going on at the top of the Google list. And so I made a series of Visco review posts showing my photography before and after with all of the different presets. And to this day, I still get at least half a dozen hits on those posts every single day, if not more than that. It's And this is like 10 years ago. They're still, they're not even relevant anymore to the industry, but they're still popping as far as SEO goes. So just another example of like how you can do like, I guess that wasn't a roundup, but it was certainly like, oh, someone's doing review of the presets. I'll do that too. Because it's my take. It's not their take. It's not like I'm copying them, you know? Yeah, you saw it was there and then you made a better version. Sure. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So any way we can improve the way we're answering people's questions by looking at what's already there, but then giving them a better result should eventually outrank. Yeah. Well, I don't want to lose your thread. You wanted to bring up niche stuff as well. So let's go down that road. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Niche stuff. So this is a very common one and a lot of photographers are... I do everything type of photographers when they're starting out. I did this when I was shooting. I was an extreme sports photographer. So I'm mostly shooting skiing for magazines, mountain biking, skateboarding, that sort of stuff. But I also shot architectural and I also shot random events and I also shot whatever else came my way. And so I thought I need a gallery for each one of those on my website so people can see that I do everything. The problem with this is that everybody starts seeing you as not really a specialist at anything. Why would I go to this site? So the connection here is Google feels the same way. If your homepage says that you do everything, Google's not going to feature you for everything. They're not going to say that this generalist is going to be the portrait photographer they recommend over a specific family portrait photographer. They're not going to say, oh, well, your site looks so great though. I'm going to feature you even though you also shoot architectural. You also do this. You also do that. You got to get really specific. So your homepage, yes, it can be kind of a hub of what you do, but you really want it to target your main thing. So if your main thing is family portraits, your homepage needs to be your family portraits page. That's the page that you want Google to send people to because it's your strongest thing. It's your main focus. And you got to make it clear to Google that that's the case. Now you can make additional pages for each of your other ones. And these we call, I've heard them called silo, cornerstone, hubs. There's different names for these pages. But if you make a second page, you can literally make a copy of the first page of your homepage and have a second page that's linked to in your menus or linked to somewhere on your homepage even that features your other type of photography. And that way Google sees that second page as, okay, This is a specialist page for this type of photography for this person in this location. I'm going to send people to that page now. 
because they know exactly what that page is about. And that fits that one keyword per page thing like Denver family portrait photographer. And then Denver architectural photographer is the other page. That makes sense. And I think what I found myself doing, and again, this is 14 years in, is I started out really strong in weddings and it was just all about weddings. And that really helped things to grow. And I was specifically a sort of almost like a vintagey film-like style. So like that was, it was a very, very specific style of photography as well as, you know, a very specific market. And then this is something I talk to people about a lot, but like, it's not bad to, as you said, like try out architectural photography or food photography or newborn. Like if you want, if you're starting out, you don't know what you might like, first of all. So there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to show everyone every gig you've ever shot to build your credibility. And I think that's where people, especially when your portfolio is small, have the tendency to want to have a really large portfolio. Like I do food and I do architecture and I do weddings and I also do newborns and I do seniors. And, you know, and it's like that gets very convoluted and not very friendly to like not only Google, but just like your customer. Yeah. They're on your site and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand. I see this regularly, like galleries, links to like a recent experimental shoot or something at the top. And it just doesn't really fit anything on the site. And I'm like, I don't really think people are going to be looking at this. So I usually advise people to try to avoid doing that. Have like nice curated portfolios. Maybe you could put that in a blog post if you wanted to just talk about a recent shoot that's not connected. Exactly. I think people are afraid of pigeonholing themselves with a niche. They're like, if I say that, that I'm this, then I can't be anything else. It's like, well, you can still be all these other things. Your friends will still, if you're a family portrait photographer, your friends will still reach out to you to shoot weddings. The random people will still reach out to you and be like, hey, can you shoot this wedding? And if you want to do it, you can do it. If you don't, you don't have to. But Yeah. So in my case, I do like headshots and portraits and families. And that's they're all kind of in the same. So whether it's a senior, that's a portrait, whether it's like a but it's the stylistic thing has come together in a way where I describe it to people where I like to capture movement and emotion as much as possible. And so no matter which type of portrait I'm doing nowadays, my style is so like, you can tell what my work is. It's not like my headshots look like clean in studio. And then I have these like dreamy family sessions that look totally different. Like it all fits under the umbrella of my style after years and years and years and years of honing that and then trimming stuff off. But to that point, it's scary to tell people what you don't do, but it is so freeing at the same time. There's something, if you go to the front page of my website right now, I say, I try to highlight movement and emotion, something like that. And then I say, I try my best to avoid like large family groups and perfect poses. If that's what you want, that's not what you're going to find here. And I think like that can be scary because you don't want to turn away work. You're going to make more room for what you really like to do. So that was well put. <laughs> I like that. It's like you turn down what you don't want to make room for what you do want. Because if you're spending all your time doing what you don't want, it's only going to lead to more of what you don't want. Yeah, it's such a hard one to learn when you're starting out. It's like, but I I want money or I want experience. or And it's great. If you want experience, just take stuff, but you don't have to share it. Oh, and if, you know, show what you want to sell. That's really that old wise adage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, do you have any actionable things that folks can do? I guess we've covered kind of a big one. Like if you're wondering what you should talk about today on your blog, like 
talk about something relevant to your your clients. Maybe something else that a photographer could do right now, whether it's auditing their own site and looking for something they shouldn't be doing or should be doing or whatever, whatever pops into your head. Yeah, probably the number one biggest thing you can do right out of the gate, especially if you haven't done much for SEO, is your Google My Business and just getting it dialed in. And I like to think of that as a little bit separate from your website. Google views both of them, but Google My Business is like, that's where they recommend businesses. And I've seen some huge changes here lately where it used to be that people would, if they're shooting from their house and they didn't want to list their house, they're getting mail sent to like a co-working space or something like that to validate their Google My Business profile. I don't think you need to do that anymore. And Google actually says, don't do that sort of stuff. But now they let you, like if you have a studio and you also travel to shoot, they let you have a physical location and an area. And they say it needs to be within two hours but of drive time. But really your area, the more specific you can get on Google My Business, the smaller you can get. Think of it like if the area is this big, you have 100 other photographers in your niche that you're competing with. If it's this big, now you only have 15. So like your chances of ranking high in that area will be much greater if you narrow that down on Google. So narrow your location down depending on where you live. Some people, a lot of photographers are between two cities and they're in the middle of farmland. And it's kind of like, well, you kind of need to have it open, but not too open. So just like try to find that balance and experiment with it. But really getting your Google My Business profile just as dialed in as possible. Fill in every word of your description, every character you fill in and make it enticing and interesting because this is a lot of people's first time seeing your business. Or hearing about you. And if they happen to read that, not that a lot of people do, but if they happen to read it, you want them to be like, oh yeah, I should check this person out. They're a good fit for me. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That Google my business thing. I mean, I, we could go down a whole other episode about that, but that's a big one. I mean, people are checking up on the validity of sites. And I think it's just almost like a subconscious like thing that happens when it's like, whoa, they have like a bunch of Google reviews and they're like a real person. And those sorts of things I think do matter a lot more than we think if we're just focusing on our website. Oh, the trust factors are huge because now you have other people saying that they trust you. So, and it's not on your website. So it's not like it's curated by you. When you see testimonials on people's own sites, you're like, well, they could have written that themselves and put someone else's photo and name there. But through Google, like these are actual people leaving reviews and Google Maps results generally come up first. So if you're really hoping to rank well, like Google My Business is the place to focus and hone in on right from the start and make sure you're getting reviews. And not all at once either. That's another quick tip. Like if you solicit... Ah, that's it. That's a great tip. Yes. If you have had a Google My Business for a while now and you're like, I need reviews and you email every past client you had today and you get 25 reviews or 30 reviews, Google could see that as you're paying people to review you or you're doing something spammy to get reviews. Let them email out infrequently, like every week, every other week, send a few emails and follow up with those people and gather the reviews at like a natural pace. Exactly. Here's a quick tip for those of you listening. Like you can grab the link for where to leave the reviews on your, but once you get your Google My Business set up, there's a link that goes directly to the review box. So you can grab that. You can shorten it. I have mine as a pretty link because it's a weird, jarbly long thing. Then just write up a quick email template. It can be in Gmail and just say, hey, it was great working with you. Like when you have a couple minutes, could you leave a, a review? 
blah, blah, blah. And then Gmail has send later built right in. So you can just, you could write up a dozen of these and have them sprinkled out throughout the month. And there's a link directly to the the review box and likely not everyone's going to respond, but I think you'll be surprised if you make a habit of doing that after every shoot, which I got really bad about for a while. And I started getting a lot better about it recently. And, you know, it works. People that are happy want to help you. So that's just for listeners. If you're like, well, how do I do this? So set up your Google My Business, just like Hunter says, and then just share that review link with people in a measured kind of strategic way. Yes. And respond to the reviews. So anytime you get a review, so reply, let people know. And when you're reaching out for these reviews, be as, as like personal as possible. Reference their actual shoot and something you really enjoyed about it in the email. They're like a hundred times more likely to respond to that than just an email that comes in that seems very generic and boilerplate. Absolutely. And I know it takes longer, which is what most people, most of us try to avoid anything like that. It's always like, let's batch it out. I think you're totally right. You can't batch out stuff if you're just cold reaching out to people. I would say my asking for review email is quite short because I have it set to go, I think it's a day or two after people get their portfolio. So for me, it's like, one more thing. It was great working with you. I hope you've enjoyed looking at your photos so far. If you have a quick second, it's very short, but that's because we just had an email. But if you're reaching out to someone from like six months ago, you, you got to have some warmth there or else they're going to be like, this is annoying. Yeah, when you have the recency and the relevancy, it's it makes a whole lot more sense. And people are like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll leave you a review. This is great. But yeah, sometimes six months later, if you send them a generic email, it's like, hey, please leave me a review. And they're like, what? I don't even remember this. <laughs> well, so for folks that are like, I just don't want to do this and I need help. What can you help photographers with? With just for SEO in general. So I run a membership that where I teach photographers how to do SEO. So I have a course called the simple SEO course, everything simple that I'm trying to do. And the idea, the way I've structured this course, the first part's just to familiarize you with why we're doing this, because in my experience, if people don't know why they're doing something, they have no desire to do it. So learning the why of SEO and why it works too, makes it much easier to do. My course is all bite-sized, so it's all three to five minute videos as you go through it. So you can just check them off. And I try to make them as actionable as possible. Like go do this thing now. Go make sure you only have one H1 tag on every page right now. I try to keep it as simple as possible. And then, but still being comprehensive because there are hundreds of things you can do in SEO, but you don't have to do all of them. Focus on the few that move the needle the most. And really it's building good content and getting links from other websites and, and good content in SEO. The best content is going to be keyword researched where you're actually finding an opportunity that people are searching. That's not super competitive with other great articles. So you can write an article and you're more likely to rank. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, and where can people find you? <laughs> I'm like, and <laughs> You can find me on my website. It's connorwalberg.com. That's, uh, do I need to spell that out? If you want, go for it. C-O-N-N-O-R-W-A-L-B-E-R-G.com. And I also run the Successful SEO Photographers Facebook group, which is free. So that's a good place to get connected and start asking questions and letting me know where I can help you and what you're up to. And then also in the membership, I have a community where I answer questions and I do group calls a couple times a month. So 
Beautiful. Awesome. So check that out if you want a little help with this stuff and you want to keep it simple. I think that's brilliant because people just, their brains don't have room for like complicated stuff. <laughs> yes. Having an approach and a strategy that walks you through this, knowing what to do, when to do it and why to do it. That is huge because it won't leave you second guessing. A lot of SEO is like, I do this thing and I hope it worked. So like four months later, we'll find out. But the idea with this course is as I'm following all the best practices and the proven things that I've done that have worked and I'm sharing them with you so that you can go ahead and implement them right away and rest assured that this is making progress towards the end result. I think of it like filling up a bucket because you just keep putting more into it. And maybe one day that bucket starts to overflow and that's when all of a sudden people are coming to your site. But all those days till then, it's like, is anything actually happening? I can't see what's going on here. But you are improving it. And that's what's cool about SEO is the stay power. Once it's working, it works and it keeps working. It's so bonkers, that part of it. Like I said, I just, as the years roll on, I just can't believe how many things just keep popping up that I published years and years ago and I'm blown away. So be patient, people. Be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Patient. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, one final thing, this might put you on the spot a little bit, but we can edit out the time you need to think. I always like to ask people any kind of advice, just a little like quote you love or just a life advice or business advice or anything that pops into your head that you want to share with people or sort of leave people with that's helped you. Just general advice. Yeah. Or just anything. Sometimes people share quotes. Sometimes people just, you know, anything that like helps you stay focused or, you know, whatever. I had a great quote recently I want to share. That's why we have the audio edited. Do you do all that yourself? I don't. I used to. I started, I did a lot of it myself for a long time. And now I have Fullcast. Fullcast, shout out to Fullcast if you need your podcast produced. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes a lot. It's like, it's just, there's a point where it was really hard for me. And I think because I just like to do things myself, but just handing things off to people, I think is always really hard for people in their business because they work so hard to like do their own thing and build the way they want to. But man, if there's something that starts to just feel like walking through mud for you in your business, whether it's, you know, responding to emails or whatever it is, like get some help. Like there's definitely affordable ways to do it. So that's my advice for everyone today. What's yours, Connor? Great advice. So I have two quotes that I wrote recently that are both from surfers. I was watching surfing videos. Um, (laughs) One was Kai Lenny. And he said, with fear, you can either let it debilitate you or let it be your superpower. Yeah. Nice. I kind of like that thought. It's a twist on fear. It's like, turn it around. Be like, yeah, I'm afraid this isn't going to work out. So I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, that's good. That's great. And then another one, if you're just at the start of your beginning in your career, it's a time that's like filled with stress and all kinds of like, I hope this works. Oh, like days that are ups and downs, you get a couple of clients, and then you don't get any for three weeks and then you're stressed again and it's a roller coaster. But it's good to remember this is Justine DuPont. She's a big wave surfer and it says, it's the best in the beginning when you know nothing, then it's all unknown. So it's kind of like, you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. That's why it's scary. But then don't let that fear debilitate you. So I'm going to combine them and turn it around and conquer it head on and make it known. You'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah. I think the unknown is tricky for many people and just trusting that can be tough, but I really, really like, I like the combo of those. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your time today. And uh, we'll link to all of your stuff in the show notes and yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. I could talk about, there's a lot of SEO stuff we could talk about, I'm sure, but I think this was a good primer for people. Yes, this is good. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. One final, final reminder, if you're still listening and you'd like to try digging in a little bit more deeply into yourself, what makes you tick and your business, and maybe try and figure out what needs to be released or changed to make your business grow and thrive and to make you happier as the business owner, check out one of my one-on-one tarot readings for businesses. They are about 45 minutes. They're done one-on-one privately over Zoom and offer you the opportunity to dig a little deeper and really understand what you need most and tap into your own wisdom. So check that out. You can go to photobusinesshelp.com forward slash tarot, T-A-R-O-T, to learn a little bit more about how all of it works and to pick a slot and sign up. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.